Thursday, Bart, stand up, stretch, sit down, get straight to it. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Season three, episode three. Got some special guests in the building. Got so sound in the building. Got the whole crew in the building. Yeah, go ahead and introduce ourselves. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my name is Miliani. I'm Giles. OG. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Caleb. And I'm Celeste. Yes, sir. So, how you doing today?
um, it just opened up a new world for me musically because like I've been so used to gospel, and then when it wasn't gospel, it was like Hillsong contemporary and like mm-hmm. all that stuff. So getting introduced to like R and B, like Frank Ocean, SZA, um, who was supposed to do with her. I was just like, wow, like this yeah, is so different. Right. This is so cool. Yeah. So I remember um, I used to write songs when I was like way younger. All the gospel songs, right. of course. So I remember writing my first like non-gospel mm-hmm. song towards like my senior year, going into my freshman year of college. That was when I, you know, started to think like about songwriting. But even then, I was really scared because right. one thing about me that I always had issues with is that I know how to start a song, but I'm not. So I was like, oh, I can never be a songwriter, and like, or I can never be a singer. I can never make my own music, especially because all the musical influences that I've had when I was younger were like these big, powerful gospel singers, mm-hmm. and I just don't have yeah, that yeah, voice. Yeah. So I was like, if I can't sing like that, then I can't sing. Period. Like, I know I can, you know, I knew I had a little voice when yeah. I was singing in high school and stuff like that for events, and people would tell me like, oh, singing, you're such a good singer, you should make music. Right. I was like, God, they just talking like, yeah. just checking. But I think once I realized that like I don't have to have this like powerhouse vocal to sing or I don't have to be this box of an artist to be able to be an artist, that's when I was like, okay, maybe I can actually do this for it. Right. You feel bad writing your first nine off of Um I didn't really feel that bad only because like I was writing about an experience that I had went through. Mm-hmm. So it was more like me telling a story rather than me like talking about something secular. Yeah. But I mean, I've moved like away from Christianity, so like I don't even talk about it no more. This is like this is why we even But um, I think as I started to grow as a person and kind mm-hmm. of like realize who I was outside of Christianity, mm-hmm. I started feeling like less and less bad right. for making secular music. What made you like move outside of Christianity though? Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> Long story, but to sum it up, um. I was just realizing that at some point it wasn't helping me grow I was a, as a person. Mm-hmm. Like it was kind of holding me back mm-hmm. more than it was helping me to like realize who I am. And um, a lot of insecurities about myself was stemming from it because I couldn't be a perfect Christian. Mm-hmm. And so it was really like beating me up. And I was like, you know, what's the point of being a Christian if I can't do it right? And like constantly hearing a lot of stuff from people from church, like all these standards and all these quotas that you have to fulfill and like being in the choir to make it much better like just so much pressure mm-hmm. and like just realizing that like i'm not learning who i am in this anymore like it gave me the foundation that i needed but now i'm ready to discover who i actually am outside of doctrine and like religion right so okay. yeah that that's to make it short yeah, i feel like at the end of the day like it's each personal you know you have to do what's best for you at the end yeah. of the day you know, some people I think like certain things can make Christianity have a bad name for mm-hmm. whether it's like people who try to perpetuate certain stereotypes or yeah. make you feel bad for not doing what you're supposed to do. So it's like to each their own, you know what I'm saying? Each person has their own journey with whoever they believe in, you know what I'm saying? So as long as you find what's comfortable for you and you feel comfortable, that's all that matters. Yeah, each religious journey is really like it's a personal one. Like mm-hmm. it's not something that you could like, oh, they're doing this, they're doing that. Like what works yeah, for you, you know, exactly. what works for you, your God. So, yeah, comparison was definitely a big issue for me as mm-hmm. well. Right. And I think like a lot of people like I don't know I think a lot of people get stuck on like the rigidness of it and it's like to me I always believe that like you can start off anything but that doesn't mean you're going to be that forever like I could start off being a Christian and then I could become Muslim and then I could decide I want to go into Judaism like you're growing as a person so who says that this one 
belief is going to stay with you forever. Like, you're growing. Like, it's not to say that, like, and not to say that it's like, I mean, of course, people can be Christian for the rest of their lives, but just making sure that whatever you're involved in is growing with you. Like, you're not holding yourself back because you're trying to stay in something that was in one phase of your life already. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, talk more about that, like, that that growth you've been having, like, more so Mm -hmm. on, like, 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 the music sense. Like, where do you think you started off, and how do you think you've gotten better? So I think it's so funny because my first song, Clear, like it wasn't what I thought was gonna be my first release. Right. Like I had a different, completely different plan for what my first release was gonna be, but like God had other plans clearly. Mm-hmm. And I think that um from the start, like my vision for music has just become clearer and clearer as I continue to go and like I think it's been an incredible boost of confidence for me because it gave me passion. Because that was one thing I was really searching for coming into college, like, even with my major, like, I kind of knew, I knew I like, you know, I came in with a psychology major, I'm still a psychology major, but um, even with that, like, I had to fight my parents on that, like, be a psych major. Yeah. Like, I had to to be on the pre-physical therapy track just to be able to, Uh, like, be a and so I remember even with that I was like is this really what I want to do like I like psychology a lot like where am I going with this and like it was that trying to figure out like where am I going like, what is going on and then it was like it's good as soon as I released clear like it was like everything became clear like I still like honestly that song was like a manifestation I didn't even know it but it was like everything began to make sense once I released my first song I was like this is what I should have been doing my entire like uh-huh. this whole time. Like and now I have something to put my vision into. So I would say even from my first release till now, like the confidence that I have in not only my skill, but in my passion, in my drive, in my team, right. in my like influence, like it's completely grown and I feel like the more I do it, the more I'm like, there's literally nothing else that I should be doing with this. Well, I'll say I found my passion because right. purpose I feel like is always different because okay. it's trying to figure out what how my craft and how my passion is gonna serve mm-hmm. others. So I have my passion, I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. But I think it's gonna take the journey to figure out what my purpose is, like where do I fit in in the work, where do mm-hmm. I fit in, in people's lives, how is my passion gonna play into my influence on others. That's hard. That was a bar. That's really something that I've been like trying to figure out too. Like, what's my passion? Like, how can we use this podcast to impact others positively? Like, Mm -hmm. use your platform to do better and bigger and better things. And I think also, like, like obviously people want to find their passion, people want to find their purpose, but like realizing, like, you can't put pressure on yourself to do that because it's like, Mm -hmm. it's going to come. Like, Mm -hmm. I, if you ask me, Three years ago, like junior year of high school, if I was gonna be doing this, I would tell you not. Like maybe, like in a million years, like. Yeah. But it like life just happens and shit just happens and it comes to you and like as long as you are learning more about yourself and figuring yourself out and staying true to yourself, it will be revealed to you in one way or another. It'll come as an idea. It'll come as a suggestion. It'll come as something. And like the more you just look inward, the more you'll see. That's amazing. So, sure. so as, her, as her manager, like, how, how how have you seen her grow? Like, you know, say for the first song, like, I just, like, I think from the beginning, mm-hmm. it was just more of a, okay, I found something that I'm good at. Like, 
well, I should say I found another thing that I'm good at. Mm-hmm. And I'm having a good time doing it. Um, but just like since you know summer 2020, 2021 to now, like I like I feel like is like a star waiting to pop. Like that's generally how I see it. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's really just like a matter of that. It's a matter of like that white person that sees it. I feel like you know she's gotten to the point where like this is truly a part of who she is. Like it's a part of you know aside from this, the talent, just you know, what she wants to do. Like and that's like, you really couldn't ask for more. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The pa- like if Sydney wasn't passionate about it, then my job would be. Yeah. So, so yeah. Were you, did, did you always think you were gonna be a manager? Like, nah, I want to be a YouTuber. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a YouTuber. That's that's it. That's it. Oh my gosh! 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 Uh, Cable came to my house one day with my friend Tim, he was a friend of Sam. Um, he was just telling us, like, yeah, I'm, I'm about to do music. Because I was, you're going to be my man. <laughs> I was like, all right, yeah. But, but that didn't mean nothing to me. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I was like, yeah, cool, bro. Music. <laughs> and then it happened, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah so focusing more on, like, like, the team. Like, you mentioned the team. Like, clearly, like, you have, like, a very solid support system. Like, everybody else seems like we're close together. Like, talk more about, like, the team. How did it form? Like, were you guys friends before? Like, talk more about how Soul like, became, you know, like, grew as, like, a collective, just pretty much. Okay. Well, well, first thing I'll say is quarantine. As terrible as it was, like, great things yeah. came out Um, so, <coughs> we were friends before. Um, I was real close with Caleb, because we went to middle school together, and mm-hmm. we were in high school. And he was really close with his He is really close with Timmy. And then, yeah. Yeah, so. And Uncle Celestine, like, sorry. Yeah, we, me, Caleb, Simi, like, we're Like, what, how do y'all try to, like, 
you know, make their own impact. And how do you, like, because how many regulators do you have in the DMV? I can't name like, one other than Soul. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, how do y'all, how has it been trying to, like, find, how, trying to be in that space, trying to be a record label? How has it been trying to, like, find your own place in that in the world, basically? Okay. Um, well, yeah, like, I definitely think you're right. Like, there are, obviously, there's some labels in the DMV, like, mm-hmm. you know, they might be hard to find or whatever. But, like, I think, you know, from the perspective of someone who is just a big fan of music, who might not be super well versed in like how the labels work or how the collectors work. Like it might seem like you just don't know. Like you might just seem like there aren't any. Right. Um, and one thing I will say, I mean, after doing this, you know, with them for you know this period of time, I can definitely say like, like in comparison to the amount of artists that you'll see, there's not that many. Like there's not even a lot of managers. Right. Like, right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like especially at this level, like people don't really got that team. Um, or at least they don't got that group of people to grow with. Um, and that's why I feel like I, I'm like very grateful that Josh called me when he did because like I said, Lord knows if I had to do all this stuff myself, I probably wouldn't be where I am right now because you need people as much like I feel like sometimes when people hear independent artists they think completely yeah, and it's like you cannot build a house in the day. Like you cannot grow as an artist without people who are there who are to believe in you, support you, find opportunities for you. Like I cannot do half of the stuff that like, you know, he has a brain that can compartmentalize stuff and like he's looking for events and stuff like that. And he gives me the room to focus on what I'm good at, which is the talent, the you know, all the other stuff I'm doing. And like I mean he does the same thing for everybody. Like everybody plays their part and I feel like with with the record label itself, like right now, our goal is to build ourselves. Like right. right now, the goal is laying foundation because we are we can't like overshoot ourselves. We don't want to like you know oh now we can start signing people. Right. It's like we're trying to be practical and wait until we have the what is it? What is the word? Yeah, resources, yes, thank you. Resources to be able to, like, yeah. <laughs> to be able to, like, grow and reach out to people. But for, we have to start by ourselves. Like, we're still learning the ropes. We're still learning about the music business. We're still learning about how things work. We're still growing as artists. So the more we grow, the more we can take in, the more we, things we can do. But it is a step-by-step process. And there's no, there's no rush, sorry. Because it's like, we're growing as a group. We're growing as people, we're growing as individuals, and we're growing as artists, we're growing as managers, we're growing as roles. So as we grow, the more we grow, the more things we'll be able to do. So the goal right now is just to learn as much as possible mm-hmm. and implement as much as possible. And I'll just, I'll just bounce off what she said. I, I agree 100%. Um, and I think another, another goal that we sort of have is to just have fun with it. Right? Yeah. Because, yeah. 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 you know, I mean, at, at least for me, you know, one thing, I, also to go back to your question about, like, Sort of what it's like, you know, kind of being that in that label space. Mm-hmm. Um, along with trying to have fun with it and trying to build ourselves and make that foundation, I think it's important to create a space, you know, a platform where you can like sh- have people share the music with you, you know, mm-hmm. you know, have people come out to events, have events, you know, spread the word, you know, share the music, you know, that personal. Be involved with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, that's, that's really where everything is. That's, you know what I'm saying? Everything else is just like, like social media is just like a a landing page, right? Or, you know, mm-hmm. Really trying to you know, build that connection with people. It's, it's been super important. Yeah. Um, and um, fuck, I thought I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. 
you know, fuck around. But a lot of times when I'm going to the studio, it's like, I gotta get shit done. And um, I take my studio time very seriously. Usually I don't even go with friends. Um, I usually go myself unless I know that it's gonna be a pretty lax or I don't really have to do much. But I'll usually go by myself and um, I just walk in until I get what I need to get done. So Caleb, what would, what would you say is it's kind of similar to you as a rapper? What's um, yeah, def- it's definitely similar. I think I'll say that Simi is a little bit more established in what she's capable of doing on, in, on the singing side of things. I think I'm still like growing as a rapper, really being technical with my shit. But I'll be at my crib, come up with something, and then take it to my friend's house, who's my producer, David, which is part of another group. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much exactly the same. You go in. Maybe start at your cribs, think of an idea, then take it to your producer, right. record, listen to it over and over again, take stuff away, maybe rewrite something. It's it's pretty much exactly the same. It's not really that exciting. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like I feel like I feel like sometimes when people see studio sessions like for rappers, like, I don't know, they be smoking in there. It's basically like a club. Like, yeah. I I don't know how people do that. I, no, I feel like that's just like Good music, even if it's not good two years right, right. Like, to it's, 
Right. It's definitely being a balance of like being your biggest critic, but also forgiving yourself for the mistakes yeah. here and there, and giving yourself just that space right. to operate. You know. Literally. Nah, I feel that. So like, we definitely want to go like more into like the music, but like before we get into like describe like the soul song making process, like because I, I like I you know people put up a beat, start freestyling, because like people don't really know what they start talking about. So like, how do you? sit down and actually write a song. What, what experiences do you have to pull from? And what is like the, yeah, basically like, what's the whole sign of our songwriting process? So with me with songwriting, it's so funny because um, I remember saying before that like one of the reasons why I was so skeptical to music was because I could never finish songs. And I didn't think I was a good songwriter until I remember like getting comments like, oh my God, I do lyrics. And I was like, right. oh, mine. <laughs> but um, I think, so a lot of times I either pull from personal experiences or I tell a story. Right. So um, I think storytelling, it, it's fun because it's like, it doesn't have to be my experience, but like, I just put myself in those shoes. Like, and it kind of puts me, it lets me put myself in situations that I may not be in like ever, but it's like, right. so right about because it's like, I'm just telling a story. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times um, I'll get the beat, um, I'll listen to it, um, and first I'll figure out the melody. So I'll figure out how I want the song to go, or at least figure out the, how the verse is going to go, or how the um, chorus is going to go. So I make the melody first. Then when I make the melody, I just kind of think about like jumble lyrics, like just start saying stuff now, I'm like, okay, what do I want to talk about in this song? Um, I'll give an example. There was a song that I was writing a couple days ago, actually. And I started writing, it's basically about like, very simple stuff, like this girl's trying to get this guy's attention in the club, whatever, like, I'm trying to get you to dance with me. And as I was writing it, it kind of sounded like, this is going to sound so weird, but it kind of sounded like, like, you know, like the, the like fairies, like mermaids, right? Yeah, How like they lure people in. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about that. I was like, okay, that could be a cool concept. So then I started adding the element of water into the song. So now I'm talking about like, oh, come, like, you know, as a metaphor, it's like, come step into the water, like, come mm-hmm. dance with me, come, like, you know, like, I'm reeling you in type stuff. So I'll finish writing. Um, and I spend a lot of time with lyricism too because like everything just has to make sense. Right. Everything has to click. Yeah. Once it clicks, then I'm like, yep, it's that. I don't think people really realize, especially for like, R&B, how important lyricism is. Like, Bruh, just for rap, R&B. I'm telling you, I think honestly, it's much harder to write lyrics for R&B than it is for rap. And here's why. You can argue this. <laughs> here's why I think it's hard. Only because with rapping, it's almost similar to talking. Like you can sing a lot more mm-hmm. in rapping than you can with arms. Yeah, so like like somebody like somebody could literally rap and say like, oh yesterday I went to McDonald's <laughs> and I saw a fine short and I was trying to go smack. Like somebody can say that and I rap like and if you say it well enough, like it can work. I can't yeah, sing that. Like it's not going to work. Like I cannot sing I went to McDonald's yesterday and I saw a short and I yeah. like I can't sing that. So like you have to be more creative, especially when like it's very easy to talk about the same things with R and B. Like I remember talking about this before. Like <laughs> there's this thing I like to call like soft R and B, which is basically like your very basic like R and B. It's like okay. slow music with the guitar. The lyrics are about love right. or about heartbreak, and the it's always very like basic lyrics. Like I loved you, but you didn't love me, and this mm-hmm. and like. It works because it's like, you know, that's the formula. Like, there's a formula for R&B. It's like, how can you elevate that? You elevate that through lyricism. You elevate that through melodies. You elevate that through production. Like, you have to think, like, 
Because, you know, like, you hear, like, similar melodies in a lot of R&B music, and you, like, you have to, that's why I have to make sure, like, I think when I'm making a song, okay, what is the first thing I think of, and then how can I change that? Because the first thing I think of is always going to be that basic structure that I have in my head from all the years that I listened to gospel and all that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. that's where that structure comes from. Then it's like, okay, what can I pull from? Can I pull this, can I pull a melody from an African song? Can I pull a melody from a rock song? Can I pull a melody from a pop song? Mm-hmm. Can I take these different elements to make it different from just your very mundane, simple R&B song? Right. So how many different like genres you listen to to create one song? Because you just said rock, you said pop, you said gospel. So how many do you listen to on a daily basis? Um, so just in general, I really do listen to three or four main genres. Mm-hmm. But like, I listen to a lot of different music, but um, my main genres are R&B. Mm-hmm. Um, Afro beats and Alte soul, gospel, and then you know I have more people music. But like, even with R&B, like, I listen to a lot of different R&B artists. Like, I, my biggest inspiration is Brandy. I think she, um, her creativity in her music is just so I pull a lot from her. I will say that, but. Um, I really just take melodies from different songs. Like it, it really just is like song by song. And like mm-hmm. a lot of the times when I listen to a beat, what I'll do is I'll think, okay, what does this remind me of? What song does this remind me of? And then I'll go listen. To, so like for example, I guess um, I got this one beat, and I was like, it was kind of like a little bit more edgy, like a bit more um, like heavy over the bass, and like had like a really kind of rock sample a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm. So what can this remind me? I didn't want it to pull from directly a rock song, but like who has that kind of like edgy music or something like kind of like that? And then Rihanna clicked into my head. So then I was like, okay, because I'm not necessarily comfortable with this like specific type of music, like I don't usually make this type of music, I went and I listened to her albums. Mm-hmm. So I'll go in and I'll listen, I'll listen to like, what type of melodies did she use? How did she go about the lyricism for the song? Like, what did she do to structure the song? So then I'll you, I'll listen to that, listen to that, and then I'll take that inspiration from those albums, and then I'll start making the song. So that's what I usually do. It's like I usually figure out what the vibe is, and then I'll find a song or an album or an artist that is similar to what idea I have for the song. Listen, and then take inspiration from that. And then it's, it's crazy how like. Like me, Ariel, like everybody else, the general population, we listen to music just to listen, just to vibe. Yes. So like artists listen to music to study it, to apply it to their own music. So and that like, was the biggest thing I noticed when I transitioned into yeah, an artist, artist, was mm-hmm. like the way I listen to music completely changed. Because it's no longer I'm just listening to it for the vibe. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to that harmony. I'm listening to the structure. I'm listening right. to the lyrics. Like I'm listening to the song. And even still, like, the way I would listen to a song is not the way a producer listens right. to a song. It's not the way an engineer listens to a song. So it's like entering that world, entering that space. I'm talking like it just completely changed the way I listen to music. Cause I don't, I, I can't hear a song like just as a song anymore. I'm yeah. hearing the parts that make it a whole instead mm-hmm. of just whole. You know? Yeah, no, that's crazy. And I'm like, I'm sitting here just like listening to the whole process. It's pretty like fascinating. I don't know how y'all. Just hear like rap, you know you hear rap, you know you hear the interview rappers, it's like, but you just completely different vibe. 
I say the music and like the way y'all sing and the way because you know I feel like when it comes to R and B, I feel like it's going like a different, a certain direction, and you can kind of see it. But you, you guys manage to like both be in your own different lanes. So like, talk about like, do you have a favorite song? Talk about like, talk about your music and talk about like how how hard you watch your music. Basically. So I would say that. I've grown like a lot. I feel like with every song, it's like I've grown more as an artist and as a person. And I think like I would say my favorite song of mine right now is my most recent release, which was Sunset. And I think the reason why I like it so much. I like that song so much because like I really tapped into a part of songwriting and into a part of myself that I never really had with my music. Like, I wrote a song after I break up, so. Uh, um, yeah, I was in this part of it. I was very excited to see music. I'm like, let me find a love. That's the general theme of all the music. Like, uh, no, it's, it's interesting, though, because, like, I've heard that, to, like, you know, like, the general theme of all yeah. music is love, but it's different types of love. Right. So, like, like Mo Fifth, example, that was on my EP. That's about myself. Like that was about that. I wrote that song as encouragement for myself because I was going through a very hard time, and I was like, "This is the song I need to hear right now, so I'm just gonna make it." So and like self love type of vibe. Yeah, it was like because the song was like, "What am I singing this song? Seasons will change, night will become day. There's no wrong way." Like just basically mm-hmm. saying that like you're gonna find your way. Like there's light at the end of the tunnel, right. and that's a form like that type of song is for self love. Mm-hmm. Like um, there's other songs that I wrote like. There's not talking about actually trying to find love. And then there's songs, you know, like Sunset, which is talking about um, basically realizing that the end is coming and having to accept it, even though it hurts. Like, it hurts a lot to have to accept that, like, yeah, this has come to an end. Mm-hmm. But it's going to come, like, which is why I, I use the theme of a sunset. Because, right. like, no matter what happens in the daytime, the sunset is going to come regardless. Mm-hmm. So, like, you have to accept it and like make way for the nighttime right. or the moon or that sad part or that moment to come. So like, I think that's why I said I like that song so much because I really tapped into a part. Like I was, I remember I was recording that song in my room. It's like five in the morning. I was zoned in like, and I really it was. I had a lot of strong emotions during that time. So like, every time I hear that song, I'm just like, you know. I just feel it, like I feel all those emotions, and it's also like, I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> but I just think that um, with all my songs, like, I try to tap into my own emotions in hopes that, like, it'll relate to somebody else, or like, somebody else will get it. Because I think, and that was the thing I was scared of with Sunset too. I was like, is Ari gonna get it? Like, I put it out, like, it makes sense. Like, but a lot of people do like the song, and a lot of people, like, it does touch them. Yeah. So, um, with my music, I'm, I'm very proud of what I have on right now. I definitely need more. That's <laughs> what so I'm trying to work on now. Yeah. But um, I'm very proud of what I have out. Even the songs that I don't even necessarily like as much as others, I think for what I have out right now, I'm pretty proud of what I put out. It's hard for me to say that because I don't really proud of myself a lot. But I think what I have out is like pretty representative of not only who I am now, but how much I've grown as an artist since my first song. 100%. And this is crazy to hear, like, the way you just kind of manufactured that, su- that concept of Sunset. Because I don't have you seen Don't Look Up on, on Netflix? I haven't yet. Yeah. So, uh, basically, it's, it's so crazy that what you just said. Like, literally, there's supposed to be some sort of comet coming to Earth. And, like, it's guaranteed, so it's going to wipe off all of the whole Earth. And it's like, you have to be 
people and that moment people had to come to grips like, oh yeah, now we're all gonna die. Like, yeah. So it's crazy how like you think of that concept, really a whole movie's being made about that. So like that's that's really amazing. I know one of my favorite songs, but you definitely like faded with all the joys. Oh yeah, that's, that's my favorite. That's my favorite song. That's my favorite song. Develop my skill to a point where it's like, okay, I can write a verse over anything, right. but I need to find something. And I'm looking at like, you know, old school beats, '90s shit, whatever. And I'm just like, fuck it, I'm gonna try and look at like some more modern shit. So I came across this Mac Miller beat on YouTube. I was just like, you know what? Let me try and write some shit to this. And I was like, I wrote some shit and I sent it. And then Simi was like, Yo, it is nice. Let me hop on this. And then I was like, Okay, bet. And then um, I wrote another verse at the end, and that was pretty much it. It was pretty quick. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. But not, but not. What I was saying is, when, I remember when I was um, listening to Anthony Hopkins, right. the song that I took inspiration from for the hook was, what's one thing? Um, that one, that one Wale and SZA song. Uh, I need to know. Yes, yes. That was the song I took inspiration from because I was like, it kind of is the same vibe of like you know a rapper like he's really rapping and right. like a nice little body yeah. mm-hmm. singer coming in for the chorus yeah. and so that's that's where I took inspiration from I was like you know that's kind of like what I need to I really wrote that chorus in like five minutes mm-hmm. I was sitting there I was like because like he told me the beat that he wanted yeah. the song he wanted it to you know have the concept of swim in it mm-hmm. and saying what I mean as the right. yeah. so I was like. Let me figure something out. And I was writing her and I was like, boom. And then I screen recorded it and I sent it in the chat. And he was like, this is tough. So 
Mm-hmm. I was like, that was really fun. I think like you know. it was a very good first song. Yes. No, 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 I just remember this one because usually if I listen to music, especially when it's like you know, one of my peers, like, you know, I'm not gonna be out here but like, hey, shit, all right, I'm saying, bro, I'm gonna let you know that. <laughs> 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 I, think, I think for me, for Kayla, like, me, this is a change. This is a change of probably my favorite, like, track. Like, you can talk about that for a little bit. Um, like, you going through that because for me, when, you went, when I heard you, you spin, I was like, this reminds me of, like, old Drake. Yeah. I was yeah. like, yeah. like, 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 old Drake vibes. And I'm like, when you. In terms of the comparison, I don't mind it. I'm not gonna do I like, oh yeah, you're like this nigga and this he's a light skinned nigga, he be doing his shit that you know, eh, I'd be questionable I guess. But um I don't care about the comparison that much, but I definitely hear it. He's one of my bigger inspirations in terms of like his older shit, like mm-hmm. his mixtape stuff um, before he had really blown up is definitely one of my bigger music inspirations. Yeah. That song in particular, um, I don't know, I had the idea and I came up with the title a long time ago, a long time before the song was even like, before I had a beat or whatever. Um, and then I'm just in the studio and we're working on the mixtape or whatever and my man's David is, like I had actually put this loop together of some pianos and stuff at my crib, sent it over to him, we're in the studio, he, he basically finishes the beat and I lock in and I start writing. And I guess the concept of the song was, okay, so life, you grow in life, no matter what. You're gonna, unless you literally not doing nothing, you're forcing yourself to grow because you're living. And then I was thinking it was like, I'm also very comfortable with what I have right now. I love my friends. I love my family. I, you know, like the situation I'm in. Obviously, I want to better my life and shit like that, but I'm very comfortable with what I have right now, but not content, I guess. But in the pursuit that we all have, you experience new stuff, you go through new things, and some of those things aren't good, or some of those things aren't great, or you have those bad moments or whatever. And then you kind of have these moments that force you to change almost in a negative way. If you have things that happen to you that, you know, it hurts to grow a little bit. So basically what I was thinking of, I was like, okay, if I need a, if I'm gonna change, why can't life give me a reason to? Like, you know, why does it have to be so sudden? Why did it like, you know, sometimes when you're making mistakes, you're not always conscious that you're making a mistake in the moment because, you know, I've lived my life, you know, this young life that I've had and I've made pretty significant mistakes up until this point. And, um, you know, sometimes I wasn't prepared for them, and it's as simple as that. And so, when I'm writing, I'm thinking like, damn. So, at the end of the song, I say um, something along the lines of, um, uh, what did I say? I said, shit, Jaws know my lyrics better than me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, yeah, I won't lie, I love this shit that I got. Um, I hope that my pursuit don't make me something I'm not. Please don't get it twisted, I can't keep it the same. But is it wrong that I'd rather have a reason to change? And that's basically the summary of the song. Um, I'm sitting here, I'm listening, I'm like, alright, because like, y'all really sound like, like so mostly mature when it comes to like, the music sense. I feel like, especially like in the area, I feel like when people decide to become rappers, I feel like they, they pick one line and they stay in that. But like, 
as a two and like trying to do your own thing, you're how you're pulling for your own experience. Like the like, what you just said, like that just sounds like a poem or something. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, nah, but y'all are definitely doing that shit. So y'all have like dream yeah. collabs, you know, the people that I know y'all want to work with, you know, for um, coming in the future. If I could just get a one on one studio session, I don't even know what this is on. If I can get a one on one studio session with Brandy, my life would be complete. Honestly, like Brandy. Oh, <laughs> nah, I love her, like, and then also, even though SZA dubbed me when I released my cover of her song, but okay, I know she's I know she's seen it, okay, if you're watching, some of the collab, like, we can, we can put our differences aside, okay, I can forgive you, but I need the collab, like, but I think, um, Brandy would definitely be my top, but SZA's definitely my top, um, the dream collab. It, it's hard for me to say because, like I said, Drake is one of my bigger inspirations. But I don't know if I would want to work with Drake mm-hmm. right now. If it was like if he decided to go like really rap over some on some old shit that he used to do, then yeah, I would love to rap with a nigga like that. Um, I don't know. One person that I've always thought I wanted to work with is actually James Fauntleroy, the singer. Um, he just has such a smooth vocal tone. Um, but I don't know, man. And that's the thing. When it comes to my music, I think just to bring it back to sort of the thing that Simi said is that it's easier to write rap lyrics. Um, I do kind of agree in a sense um, because I can be very literal. I can yeah. say what I want to say exactly how it happened. Um, but I think that kind of takes away from the music element of it a little bit. So I'm trying to figure out how to combine, you know, R&B elements into rap a little bit without having to sing necessarily, which I probably will get into eventually. But James Fong, where I feel like just his tone is something that like, if I can recreate that in a rap way, then that would be like the music that I want to create just because his tone is so smooth. And that's what I kind of go for musically anyways. It's a smooth sounding thing. Yeah. So if I had to say anybody right now, it'd probably be James Fong, right? That's a good picture. Girls, girls like Beyonce. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> but let's, so let's talk about like, more so like, the direction of music, like, see, what, what's your thoughts on, like, the current direction of R&B? Because, like, just think about, like, R&B albums of the past, you know, who, who are you looking towards, like, what, what type, what's your opinion about like, the direction? Who do you think is going to be, like, the most prominent artist? Art, art, art? So, <laughs> <laughs> I, <thought that. laughs> um, I think with R&B right now, um, I feel like it's very easy for people to say, like, oh, R&B is not the same as it was back then. Like, R&B is so bad right now, blase, blase, blase. But people who say that, they're not looking. Right. Because there's a lot of R&B artists that I listen to right now that are gonna like stand the test of time. Like, Snow Leopard, she's standing the test of time. It's amazing. Um, I think Brent is gonna stand the test of time as well because he has created a way for himself that nobody has yeah. yet. And I think that's what a lot of R&B artists are doing right now. Like, ones that are gonna last, that's what they're doing. SZA, she was one of the first to create the music, well, not one of the first to create the first type of music, but like, she made a lane for herself. Right. Like, when you think of SZA's music, you only think of SZA's yeah. music. A lot of people are trying to buy it, though. Hmm? A lot of people are trying to buy it. Oh, now they are. Yeah. See, that's what comes with it. Right. Because she created that lane, now everybody else is trying to hop on. But right. she made that lane, which is why she wants to say this time. Yeah. Brent, like, Brent made his own sound. Snow Leopard, she has that, like, old soul and modern music. Like, yeah. she's sending this to time. Like, there's so many artists that especially that I listen to that I know are going to like, they're gonna last. And it's because either they created a lane for themselves and have mastered it, mm-hmm. or 
whatever lane they're in, they're doing extremely, extremely well. I feel like sometimes when people talk about modern R&B, they think about the um, billboard artists, so like the popular artists, so like, not to drag nobody, but like, you know, like people like um, Queen Asia, like she makes R&B. Well, you know, she Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm saying, <laughs> but I'm saying like, people think about what's on the charts, and they're like, oh, this is not R&B. But like, you're looking at the wrong place to find out where real R&B is, yeah. which is why you think that R&B is all well. like, I'm not saying, niggas not saying what the rain or cut it used to, or singing yeah. the rain, yeah. of course, but like, music evolves. I feel like people get really stuck on what they know because they romanticize the nostalgia of it. Like, mm-hmm. they romanticize the past, like, don't drag me for this. <laughs> but I feel like there's a lot of artists back then that people like say they like that, like, to me, their music is just, one. Mm-hmm. Like Yeah. <laughs> 
Where the people were making nice. Right. And then you're talking to others that are doing it. You're not looking. You're right. just talking just to talk. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're just saying that because you want to be different. You want to be special. And it's like, no. Because if you really wanted to find artists like that, you would go find artists like that. Because there's artists out there that are making music like what they make out in the 90s and stuff. And here's what I'll say too. Like, of course, I'm talking highly about R&B and like where it's going. But like, I definitely think R&B artists specifically like need to stop being lazy. I feel like, remember what I was talking about before, like that stock R&B, like there's a formula to make an R&B song. You get a slow beat, you sing some melodies on it, you get a chorus, a verse. So we're wait in there. And it's like, yeah. I feel like y'all, we need to stop being lazy when it comes to create our creativity. Like having talent is only one aspect. You have to have the skill. You have to be putting in the work. You need to be tapping into your creativity. You need to be listening. You need to be taking inspiration. Like you cannot just ride on talent alone. Cause talent can get you far, but it's not gonna get you where you need to be. Cause that's how people. What's that KD quote? Hard work beats talent. When talent doesn't work hard, yeah, hard work beats talent. When talent doesn't work hard. Yeah. 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 Kevin Durant said that. Kevin Durant said that. Somebody have to have said it before. I think somebody said it before. Somebody said it before. Somebody said it before. Yeah, Kevin Durant quoted somebody saying that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just know that's a Kevin Durant quote. Like, literally, exactly that. Like, I feel like people, especially because it's so easy to make music nowadays, and it's like, it's easy to make something that'll like blow up on TikTok, or mm-hmm. something that like, it'll be catched to somebody's ears, but I feel like not a lot of people, not enough people are thinking about longevity. Mm-hmm. You're thinking about how can I make it now, yeah. and not how is my music last the test of time. Like, yeah. you really have to think, and that's, that's what I think about my music, which is why like, of course you gotta focus on the trend now to make sure that like, you're in the loop, yeah. but you have to think about, like, you have to put work into your craft. Because I'm telling you right now, talent will only take you so far. If you don't have the skill to make it last, you're going to be a one wonder. Or you're going to last two, three years, four years, maybe even five, and then fall off. Because you're not going to know how to make stuff that lasts. Yeah. And if I could just... I'm just saying, because like, I, I see so many talented people, even in this area, like... See so many talented people, like y'all can sing, like y'all just not putting in the work that you need to. And right. it's like, it makes me like sad. I'm just like, I see your potential, but you're not, you have to put in the work. Like, you cannot just wait for these things to fall in your lap. Because I, I don't know where I heard this from, but I remember hearing somebody like, a viral moment is seven years in the making. Mm-hmm. Like, a viral, somebody who just blew up, like those new artists, like best new artists, they're not new artists. Mm-hmm. They've been in the game for years. Doja Cat had been making music for seven, eight years before she emerged as a new artist. Like, Mm -hmm. you have to, and obviously, and that's why when she grew up, she knew exactly what to do. And that's why she capitalized off of everything. She kept, she she got viral off a joke of a song, and look at where she is right now. It's because she spent all those years learning. She spent all those years building her craft, knowing how to market, knowing how to build her brand, and building a team. So when she blew up, it was like another regular day. It was just more people seeing her now. Yeah, so yeah. that's why, like, people are like, you know, you rush to try and, like, oh, I want to make it, I want to make it. And it's like, yes, of course, everybody wants to make it, but, like, there's a time for everything. And you don't want to blow before you're ready. Because if you do, you're fucked. Because you don't know what to do. You're going to be all this shit, you don't know what to do with it. And, like, if you don't know how to handle it right, you won't. 
Yo, and I'm gonna just piggyback off of the fact that you was talking about um, when it comes to like real music. Mm. And when you guys were talking about labels and comparisons in terms of who I get compared to and shit like that, I don't, I haven't been told personally, but I can hear it, you know, yeah. in it. People be saying, oh, you're a real rapper. I don't like that. If I, if, if, if there's one thing, a label that I don't like is you're a real rapper. Because when it comes to real music or real rap or whatever, a lot of these niggas that are making the music that, you know, would be considered not real rap, like, or whatever the case may be, these niggas can really rap. Yeah. Like, really, really, really rap. Whether it be Lil Baby or Dirk or anybody, any yeah, of these, these, these niggas can really rap. They can put the words together. It might not be as, like, technical as, like, what it was in the oh, 90s and shit like yeah. that. But, bro, these niggas can rap. And they're doing it, like, the flows that they come with, the niggas in the 90s is not doing what they're doing right now. And it's just, a, it's an era. And like she was saying, music evolves. It doesn't make it less real. It just, and again, to her point, people get lazy. The same shit over and over again. So be creative, you know, branch out, try and do this shit. But like, bro, the whole, oh, real rappers, real singers, real R&B, real this, that, whatever. Like, nah, bro, that's just not, niggas can, are talented and are doing the shit. I'm saying. It's just in their own lane. Literally, because they could Aaliyah make control? Oh. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> try to do in 2018 mm-hmm. or 2008 to now literally, wouldn't be the same literally and it's like you have to pay respect where respect is due like maybe you like I'm not gonna say like I don't like all the rappers out here but they know what they gotta do like it's it's to somebody yeah, and even the trap niggas, like the trap niggas from the DMV, they're yeah, hard as shit bro, too. Like they're, they're really, tough. they're they good at what they do. Tough. Like, they they rap rap so it's like let's let's not bash like you know. I'm not I'm not gonna say I say like I I'm saying what music is bad. Like I like the song, but like at the end of the day, when it comes to like especially like genres specifically, like when it comes to rap, when it comes to like types of R&B, like it, it's not my thing. It's just not my thing. Right. But if I can tell an artist is good, yeah. even though it's not my thing, I'll pay my respects. I'm not gonna sit here and say, "Oh, you don't make real R&B," because it don't sound like uh, a '90s song. 
And that same boring repetitive shit that happens now was happening back then too. Like you look at the 2000s, like before 2015, everybody was doing relatively similar shit. Like there was this whole Rick Ross era where it was like the same sound. Everybody was trying to hop on that shit. And it's, it's the same thing. Like it's just different. It's just
really change my behavior on it like every day. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, you can give top two. Top two. That's the one. There's a lot. You can say Lady Day. You can say. Like. You can say. Uh, I think. Um. Oh my God. Also, Tiana Taylor too. She's fine. Tiana Taylor. She's not making no music. I know. That's unfortunate.